Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff versus the end zone touchdown with Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. Oh, people, we got a big show today. Let's do the radio. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. It's great to see you this week, man. And week 13 is going to be huge. We got some huge games that have obviously big playoff implications and. You know, just basically a meltdown by the Patriots and Mac Jones against the Buffalo Bills, which is hard to explain. I thought that they were going to play well on Thursday night. I thought they were going to be the more desperate team. And instead, they're a 500 team, and the Bills finally looked like the Bills again. Yeah, well, it's funny. I wanted to – hell, it's a great segue. Why don't we just do the rundown? He's he's ahead of it. This is the NFL Rundown. This guy's ahead of it. He's ready to roll. All right, start out with Josh Allen. Is he coming out of it a little bit here with the injury, you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, he throws the touchdown pass to Gabe Davis in the back of the end zone, and when he throws it as he's falling out of bounds, I'm like, no! Yes! Because these are the mistakes that he had made in right. previous games. But this one, fortunately enough for the Bills, uh, was completed, was a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, it's just like the Bills were the better team. He was the best player on the field. You know, he's owned the Patriots, much like maybe not to the degree uh, that uh, Tom Brady used to own the Bills or the way that Aaron jo- uh, Rodgers owns uh, the Chicago Bears, but it's getting there, and you could just see it. And they they finally looked like the team that we've all expected to be yeah. a Super Bowl representative. Well, I kind of wonder if maybe, maybe, maybe that last 26 seconds in Detroit was kind of the spark. He uncorked that beautiful throw to Diggs over the middle. They they win the game. They get the jolt. They go out. They play great on Thursday night, but it does. It brings you to the other side. What what the hell are we doing with Mac Jones here? Yeah, I don't know. You I don't know, know what was, to make of it. The one thing I will say in in defense of him, at least he was on the sideline screaming about the offense wanting to throw the ball more down the field. The short passing game here, the short passing game there. Their one touchdown pass was a pass that was completed behind the line of scrimmage to Jones. Uh, I mean, I understand that he wants to throw the ball down the field. He needs to throw the ball down the field. The one thing that Tom Brady did better than anybody was he would lull you to death with all those short passes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, get into the red zone, it was going down the field, and it was going to be a touchdown to either Gronk or Edelman or Randy Moss or somebody like that. And that just has been missing from the Patriot offense. And unfortunately, it's tied to both the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and, of course, the quarterback, Mac Jones. Um 
I want to serve up a poo-poo platter. I don't know how you feel about Chinese food, but here we go. Uh, it is a Russell Wilson poo-poo platter deluxe. I got three issues. Let's run okay. through. This is Mike Purcell is my new favorite human being. Everybody saw it. Absolutely blowtorched Russell Wilson. But here's my question as, as a former player. What the hell is even said in that moment? And then what did you make of Russell Wilson not even reacting? Well, I think for Mike Purcell, you know, he's frustrated. They all are frustrated. Their defense is one of the better defenses in football. If they had a half-ass offense that actually could put up some points and keep uh, maybe keep the ball away from the other team and stop going three and out or four and out or whatever it may be uh, and have some life injected into the offense, uh, then you would not see what Mike Purcell did on the sideline. And you could say whatever you want about this was like some sort of uh, motivational tactic or anything else. What I saw is I saw a defensive lineman that was just completely pissed off. Yeah, he wanted to kill him. Yes, and and he was trying to get his new a $250 million quarterback engaged in the game and look like you care when you're on the field. And then, of course, Russell, after the game in his press conference, has all the political answers as to, you know, we're on the same page. We all want to win. Nobody wants to win more than me. I'm like, wait. Another one, don't single yourself out. You all want to win. It's a tough <sighs> It's a tough go right now in Denver. And he, unfortunately, I feel like in some ways is like Zach Wilson at the Jets, kind of lost the locker room. We're going to get to that. You, you've been on either end of that deal? No. Ne- never, not to my knowledge. I've never been yelled at uh, by a teammate on the sideline, and I've never – well, I did yell at one teammate on one time. And that's because I overheard him tell the coach that they had to bench me right my rookie year. Oh, dear. I, we were walking off the field together, and it happened to be my roommate, uh, Dave Remington, who was a year into his pro career, and I was the rookie quarterback, and I kept screwing up all the pass protections against the Saints. And he basically said to Sam Weiss, you got to get him off the field. He's killing us. And I heard it. And then as we walked to the sideline to the bench, I said, Dave, I just heard you tell a coach to bench me. What the F's wrong with you? And he's like, well – you suck, and I'm telling you the truth, that you'll be good someday. You're just not good right now. I think that's a lot more constructive than what we saw Mike Purcell, or whatever Mike Purcell told Russell Wilson. I, I thought he was going to eat Russell Wilson. That was unbelievable. <laughs> was. All right, so then there's the, the, yeah. these other two things. One is a shout-out to the worst sports movie I've ever seen, which is Draft Day. Who went to his birthday party? Did you catch this story? No. Russell Wilson's wife throws him a birthday party. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yes, yes. Like, half the team shows up, which I don't think is a terrible turnout, considering he's god-awful and unrelatable. But do you make anything of that deal? Because that became something. I I think he's got a lot of stupid teammates. I mean, if Sierra's throwing a party, I'm going. Okay. I don't care if it's for his birthday or for her birthday or she's just throwing a party, I'm going. Because I can't imagine some of the other people that are going to be there. Okay. And the last one, you tell me by yourself, the reports out that he's calling out Seattle audibles and using code language. And his teammates are like, Russell, we don't know what Mastacholi means. <laughs> I'm like, what? is that even possible? You know what? I think that the disgruntled ex player, okay. that that's what that sounds like to me. And could they be using some of the same word or verbiage that he was used to using in Seattle I could see that, and that's why some of the Seattle players said in week one that they recognized some of the stuff that he used to do in practice. Got it. So that could be the case here, but I'm I'm not going to kill him for all of that. I will kill him, though, for his lack of energy, lack of direction, lack of leadership, Uh, and they do have a major, major mess on their hands in Denver. Uh, Speaking of messes and maybe disgruntled ex-teammates, Patrick Peterson decided he was going to go on a podcast. 
And he dropped a bomb on Kyler Murray, basically saying Kyler Murray doesn't care about anyone but Kyler Murray. Yikes. Yikes is right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, of course, Kyler Murray has to respond, and, and he did in kind. But, you know, I've been telling you, at least for the time that we've worked together, that I'm not a Kyler Murray guy, you no. know, especially after that playoff game against the Rams, the way he looked, the way he acted. And then after that game, the childish nature of scrubbing all the Cardinal stuff from his social media accounts mm. and all this other mm. stuff, the passive-aggressive narcissism that we saw. I'm like, that is not my leader. I'm sorry, that cannot be my quarterback. He cannot have that type of mentality. That's a wide receiver mentality. That is not a quarterback mentality. Have you ever seen a quarterback go out and say, well, on this play, we were effed schematically? I mean, throwing Kingsbury under a bus. Well, I think Mac Jones kind of did that Thursday night, too. He kind of threw Matt Patricia under the bus. So, yeah, frustration, losing, all of that kind of thrown into the mix creates a lot of pressure and tension and stress between individuals. And, you know, you got to wonder about Kingsbury's future out there, but I got to wonder about the decision-making by Steve Kime, their general manager. You gave Kingsbury a contract extension, and you decided to give Russell Wilson a contract extension when you could have done to Russell Wilson what the Baltimore Kyler. Ravens – I mean, uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Gotcha. You could have done to Kyler Murray what the Baltimore Ravens are right now doing with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, you couldn't come to an agreement. Let him play. Good organization, bad organization. And let's see how far Lamar takes us. Now, if Lamar is the MVP of the league and he takes us all the way to the Super Bowl, he'll be like Joe Flacco and he'll get paid. If they fall short and he doesn't play well, then I think they got their answer. Um, I saved this because it's the holiday season. I I didn't want to have bad vibes here. Do you like our studio here? I do. I really do. This is, it's festive. The only thing missing, we need some eggnog and a little Dean Martin. Um, Mike White is the same. This is my favorite one of the week because I am very anti-Zach Wilson. Mike White was unbelievable. I know it was the Bears D. Mm -hmm. But take me through this now. I mean... The Wilson drama, the alleged, I don't want to say a revolt, but he lost people. And C.J. Uzama had to play Peacemaker, the emotional speech. Take me through where we're at here. You know, C.J. Uzama came from where? Cincinnati. Yeah. Who's the quarterback there? Uh, that'd be Joe Burrow. And who's beloved there? Uh, that'd be Joe Burrow. That's exactly right, because Joe Burrow knows how to manipulate a team, manage a team, and lead a team. And when the game was bad earlier in the year, when they lost to the Steelers in week one after the appendectomy and he threw four interceptions, did he talk about the appendectomy? No. He said, I got to play better. I can't play this poorly. You know why? Because he's secure in his own life, and he's secure as who he is as a player. That's not who Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson is completely immature. Zach Wilson came from Utah. It wasn't a great fit here, and I will give people out there, they should know that you deserve a lot of credit because from week one of this show (laughs) when we started, you were saying it's just a matter of time before he gets benched, and I believed in him. I really did. And I still kind of believe in him. I just don't think he's in the right spot. And I know that the Jets are doing the right thing. Rob Sala is doing the right thing. And then Mike White answered the call. So I went back and looked at the tape of the New England game with Zach Wilson where he was missing everybody. Yeah. And then I went and looked at the tape where they were playing the Bears last week. They are running the same plays, the same exact plays. It's just that Mike White was actually hitting the wide open guys as opposed to overthrowing them or throwing the ball at the feet. Of, of the, yeah. the said receiver. So when he hits um, Garrett Wilson across the middle for a touchdown, that was the same route that Tyler Conklin ran the week before that Zach Airmailed. So Mike White is more calm. He's beloved in the locker room. And, and because of performances like the one against the Bengals last year and now this one against the Bears, Mike, I think 
that they believe that they have their savior. Okay, so if that's the case, take me through this. Let's say the Jets end up with 10 wins, and Mike White is a part of it. He's he's not lighting it up every week, but he's a part of it. What happens this offseason? Well, I think it all depends on how Mike White ultimately plays. Now, this is a huge game for them on the road at Minnesota. Uh, I can't wait. Right. He plays well against one of the worst pass defenses in football. They go out and win, and they start getting on this trajectory and momentum, and then they go into Buffalo and they win. You know, it all depends on how they win, what he does, and whether or not he can stay healthy, and whether or not he's a turnover machine. When he lost last year to Buffalo, he had four interceptions in that game. But this year's team is much better than last year's team. So he's got the golden ticket right now, and that golden ticket can lead to a $20 million a year contract if he takes them to the playoffs. All right, let's go Odell free agency fiesta. The barnstorming tour is on. Now, here's here's how I'm going to ask it. Tell me where you think the best fit is and then where he ends up. I think the best fit is Dallas. Uh, and I think, you know, wearing that star in the helmet and the way that the Dallas players and, and ownership are outwardly recruiting him to come there. Uh, but the question is, I don't know whether or not he's going to be ready. Yeah. And we haven't seen any route running. He's not ru- running routes for anybody. And I know he's looking for a contract that includes at least next year. He wants guaranteed money for at least next year. Absolutely not. So, but to me, it's Dallas. If he want, if he can come back and play this year, maybe he can play the last two games of the regular season, if that's even possible. And then he'll, they'll go on a deep playoff run. They're a good enough team to go on a deep playoff run, especially if they add a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. I can't imagine him re-signing with the Giants. And the only other team that I think could come out of this maybe with him could be Buffalo. But I can't imagine him wanting to play in Buffalo through no. the playoffs. I just – it's – it just doesn't seem to fit for me. Um, all right, Deshaun Watson, let's just do this. Returns to the field in Houston. Protests are expected. Accusers expected in attendance. Haven't seen the guy in two years. I have no idea what to expect. Take me through your expectations for Sunday. He hasn't played in two and a half years. He's paid a $5 million fine. Paid off uh, about 22 of his 24 accusers. Still has two civil suits out there. This is a disgusting story. It's It's brutal. Um, the Browns are idiots. Uh, you know, if they would have made the trade for <laughs> how him. Do you, how do you really feel? Well, don't, they don't, don't hold if, back. If, if they would have made the trade for him and just kept the contract that he had initially with yeah. Houston, I could buy that. But the fact that, you know, he they were told that he would not accept the trade to them, and then he called them back and said, wait a minute, we'll rip up your contract and give you an NBA-type contract for a player that guarantee. has gone through this whole behavioral situation. I, I think it's I think it's you know what's it's, what's interesting? I look back and I remember this was uh right around March Madness, and you know, we're go- we're all in the business doing the Deshaun stuff. I think back now, now that we know the full scope, and you go, How did this guy have any leverage to say what you just said? Well, I won't take the trade to Cleveland. Think think about what we're talking about. We pulled the James Harden. It's yeah. Think about it. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing I would say here is this that he is gonna hear it. This week from the fans, oh, it's they're going to be all over him because the story down there, you know, is that he wanted out of Houston prior to all of this, and then this came. Right, and you know, I can imagine if you're a Houston Texans fan and watching your team have only one win and go through what they've gone through after they paid him initially, uh, I would be pretty livid, and I couldn't wait to get to the game to let him hear about it. And and we got a lot more to do, but credit where it's due on something here because I want to button up the rundown. This man preached patience. 
which is not one of my strong suits. You told me, Michael, you have to wait. The Bengals are going to get this right. They are going to gel. It's going to be okay. And I think I'm officially on board. They did America a favor, beat the Titans. Yes. And look, I actually think they're going to beat the Chiefs this week. I think they're back. They look right. Jamar Chase is back. Anaromo magic in the second half. Right. It's a a credit. And I think Joe Mixon should be back too. You know, they got off to a bad start simply because – of the appendectomy for Joe Burrow that we just talked about, and he didn't make any complaints about that. He barely practiced in training camp. And, you know, the Steelers got lucky that day. They shouldn't have won that game. That should be a winning column uh, for the Bengals. The the really uh, upsetting loss was the one that the Cleveland Browns had against them. Uh, But I do, I agree with you. This is going to be one of the games of the weekend. Uh, The Chiefs at the Bengals cannot wait for this game. And Justin Reed, the safety of the Chiefs, opened up his mouth this Uh week and gave Bolton board fodder for the Cincinnati Bengals. What did Jamar Chase call him? Cantuna or something? <laughs> what the hell did he say? And Jamar cannot wait to get on the field. I can't wait to see what Jamar does this week against that secondary of the Chiefs. And I'll save it because it is going to be the best of the best. This is a game of the weekend. I still can't get out of my mind that second half of that playoff game. First half, Chiefs did whatever they wanted. And it's almost like looking back now, you go, okay. Luana That It's the second half voodoo. We got picks and people. We're in fuego. Picks, lots more to do. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Asayasin and Mike Valenti. Well, people, I have to tell you, this is a very exciting moment in time. In fact, I would advocate if we keep up this pace, we should we should wear matching Bill Cower outfits in here. Bond villain outfits. <laughs> really aggressive high turtlenecks, blazers. Boomer, the last two weeks, you're 16 and 8, which is sizzling and unsustainable. 87 and 74 in the year. I'm in outer space 20 and 4 the last two weeks, 90 and 71 on the year. We're crushing it. And you were killing me because I wanted to pick all the games. And all because right, we're all right. picking all the games, this is why we're having such success. Think about it. Just tell me where Bill gets the turtlenecks. I really think it should be the holiday special for us. I know. I'm not a turtleneck-wearing guy, so I don't pay any attention to it. But he likes it, so good for him. Bond if you villain. had a chin like him, you would wear a turtleneck, too. It really highlights it. it does. All right, let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. All right, let's see if we can keep this up. Let's start out. Eagles at home laying four and a half to the Titans. Yeah, you know, so what do the Eagles do well? Well, they play offense well. Jalen Hurts is on the MVP track. He does a lot of multi, multi-dimensional things. They got a great passer, a great passing game down the field with A.J. Brown and, of course, Devontae Smith. But I got to tell you, the one thing they don't do well, and that's stop the run. And the one thing that the Titans really do well, especially when they need to do it, 
is run the football. I think this is going to be a tight game. It's going to be a nasty game. And I think Mike Vrabel is going to bring the best out in his team. I don't know if they'll win the game here, yeah. but I think they're going to cover. I'm going to take the Titans in the points. I'm with you here because I can't give you an answer on Jordan Davis. If you told me Jordan Davis was full go, it alters my opinion. And people, I know it sounds crazy, but yes, this one player who's 800 pounds does make that type of difference to the Eagles' run D when you look at the splits. I don't know if he's playing. I'm with you on this. This is a Vrabel spot. He's great as a dog. I'll take the Titans. Game two, Packers laying three and a half at the Bears. Stinky. It is stinky. Aaron Rodgers is going to play in this game. I know Justin Fields probably feels better. I would be reticent to play him again. I told you last week that I did not expect him to play. I had the same injury that he's dealing with, and it takes a good two and a half, three weeks to get this thing right. If he were just a quarterback that stood in the pocket, I would be worried about him. But the way that he has played, um, you know, all out and running the ball and taking hits really worries me about this game if he's playing. If he's not playing, then I don't think their offense is really much to worry about. Hey, they've lost so many guys injury-wise, and I know that Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, so I will take the Packers and I will lay the points. I'm with you here. This is just one where Justin Fields' entire existence right now is running the ball, explosive plays, laying it on the line. He's been upgraded. He's on track to start. But I'm with you. All that takes is one hit. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with the pack here. Now, I don't feel great about it, but I'll do it. I just, you know, the thing is, I if I were the Bears, I wouldn't even play him. I really wouldn't. I Because right. there are buys coming up, I think. And then I would play him after the buy, the final four games of the season. Let's work on the passing game. Let's get him really yeah. uh, etched into it and really try to refine his game for next year. Jags are in a pick em in Detroit against the Lions. Man, this is a tough one. This is really a tough one. I, you know, I I love what just um, what's his name, Trevor Lawrence has turned into. He his grew game, up last week. His game last week, man. He was standing in there and he was just letting it rip, and I love that about him. Last two throws were absolute dimes. They were. So I, you know, I think the fact that this is a, uh, you know, this is this is a tough one because I do like what Jared Goff has done for the Lions. I know it's not been fantastic. No, I know it hasn't been sizzling. I can't trust Dan Campbell. He's going to do something stupid, <laughs> and I can't handle it. You know what to do. I'm going to take the Jags. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I am, am operating Latte Larry's. I am okay. full spike store, dry scones only. I'm done. I'm done with Dan Campbell. Jags. I will take it. whoever the Lions play every week. Uh, you're, well, you're figuring coaching malfeasance somewhere along the I line. I can't handle it. Uh, All right, Browns. Th- see, this game to me right here is the impossible one. How are we supposed to tell you what Deshaun Watson's going to do? He hasn't played in two and a half years. Browns laying seven at the Texans. And, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, when he played in the preseason at the Jaguars, he did not look like he knew what he was doing. Mm-mm. And the Jaguar fans were all over him. And I'm assuming that the fans are going to be all over him here. But the one thing that I will say is that Miles Garrett is a game changer. He forces fumbles. He forces sacks. And when he wants to impose his will on somebody, he just owns the opposing team. So I'm going to lay the seven. I'm going to take the Sean Watson and the Browns. But I'm taking them because of their defense yeah. against a inept offense of the uh, Texans. It's almost I could say this with almost certainty. If it was any other team but the Texans, I would take them. Like, I cannot lay seven with a guy who has not played in two and a half years. The crowd is going to want blood. I, I just, the Texans are just, they're on a spit roast. They're awful. I'll take the Browns. Yeah, I, I love the way you describe things. 
They're on a spit roast. I'm a wordsmith. And before it was dry scones. I'm here for you. I know. Vikings laying three against the Jets. Oh, come on, Mike White. Yes, Mike White. I'm my Elvison. I've sat here for five days this week listening to my morning partner in WFAN, Greg Giannotti, who is a huge Vikings fan, extol the uh, the virtues of not only Mike White, but the lack of a pass defense for the Minnesota Vikings. So I love this number, and I love the Jet defense. Uh-oh. And I am going to take the dog, the Jets, oh. and I will take those three points. And I actually think the Jets have a very good chance of winning outright because of their defense. I, I, now, I agree with a lot of it, but th- this to me is a little bit of Buy low, sell high. Everyone remembers the Vikings getting thrown off a bridge 10 days ago. They've sat with that. That doesn't sit well. Then the Jets are on this high. I just kind of feel like going on the road with Mike White here, we might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. I'm going to take the Vikings. I I like him. Believe me, I I take that Christmas tree over Zach Wilson. I like him. But come on, on the road in Minnesota? Right. So I I talked to Giannotti, and the reason I talked to him, he watches every game, start to finish, reads everything he possibly can about the Vikings. I can't even do that. How's a guy from Long Island like the Vikings? Uh, It has something to do with a cousin. So anyway, the thing thing about what he was telling me was I asked him, are the Jets on defense similar to the Cowboys on defense? And he said, yes. And he said, that's what worries me. Because mm. Micah Parsons and the boys got all over Kirk Cousins. And the Jets, believe it or not, have one of the best pass rushing, rushing defenses in the entire league. Okay. Uh, we're, we're at odds on one. Forgive us. All right. Steelers, a one-point road favorite at the Artie party. I got them covering here. And the reason I got them covering here is because of their defense. T.J. Watt is a completely – he's a complete great player – who inspires his teammates. And when he is on the field, this game is a totally different team. And I think that he's a guy that can force a Marcus Mariota turnover or two, either in the pocket or a tip pass or a fumble. And I'll stick with the Steelers on the road here. And Kenny Pickett, who's been steadily improving. Yeah. Look, I've been really pleasantly surprised. And here's the other thing, the one thing that's not surprising. Hey, look, the Steelers took a second-round wide receiver who's really, really good. George Pickens is legit and reminds me a lot for New Yorkers. No, he's not 6'6". He's only 6'4". He's got a lot of Plexico in his game. Catches it with his hands, high points it, long, lean, rangy. The Steelers know how to pick receivers, So I think we're also in in lockstep here thinking that the Steelers have got the right guys now. Yeah. That it's just eventually that it will come around, and hopefully this defense will, will stay healthy next year. Kenny yep. Pickle will take a huge leap. Get a couple of linemen. And get a couple more linemen, and they'll be fine for next year. But we're both taking the Steelers. Yes. All okay. right. God help us. Ravens laying eight and a half against the Broncos. One team can't hold the lead. One team can't get a lead. Yeah, well, I, the Broncos can't do anything on offense. They really can't. They look listless, lifeless. Every game is the same game, and it's no wonder why Purcell went crazy on the sideline towards uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Lamar Jackson's been hearing it from fans. This is a team that gives up double-digit leads, uh, you know, better every week. Every week, so but not this week. You know why? Because the Broncos don't put up any points. I'm taking. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm taking Lamar and the Ravens, and I think they blow the Denver Broncos out. I really do. Oh, God, this is so bad. All right, I'm going to take a shot here. This is my blowout spot. All right, I'm going to take a shot because, to me, 
at a certain point. Don't look, do it. I know, but it's, it. it's eight and a half is a power. That's a power number. Did you listen to yourself what you said about Russell Wilson in the I opening know. part of the show? I know. And then the Nate Hackett curse. I know. All right, fine. Fine. Ravens. Did I talk you into it? Yeah, that's it. I, I feel think, bad. Because there is, there is rules in life. One of them is Nathaniel Hackett can't hurt me if I don't bet him. Ravens minus eight and a half. Um, this makes me sad. Commanders minus two at MetLife against the G-Men. Ah, uh, you know what? Six and one in their last seven. The best team in the league right now is the Commanders over those over those weeks. And the Giants have lost two in a row. Uh, the Giants don't have anybody to throw to. They're going to get Evan Neal back. They should get Ojolari back. They're going to be better on defense. If this were like a four and a half number, I would probably take the Giants. But yeah. because I think the Washington Commanders are going to win this game anyway, and I love the way that Terry McLaurin's playing. I don't know if Chase Young is going to play, but it doesn't matter. Montez Sweat is a beast. Jonathan Allen is a beast. So you just said it. The they, interior of their D-line yes. against the interior of the Giants line. It's been a problem since, I don't know, the days of Chris Snee. We just we, we don't have anyone to block anyone on the interior. You have do tackles, uh, but the inside is a problem, yep. and that's why I'm going to take the commanders. Yeah. Shane Lemieux or that Christmas tree, you pick. Uh, you com- said that I did not. I did. Commanders. We're not going to win a game the rest of the year. And you're a Giant fan. It kills this. me. Not This is why I don't open my heart to and, love. And by the way, this is a legacy game for them wearing their legacy blue uniforms. Oh, great. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> Niners <laughs> minus four against the Dolphins. Oh, man, I love the Niners. Love the Niners. I've yeah. always loved the Niners from week one, even though they've had a little downturn. They lost that bad game to Washington. I mean, uh, to Chicago in week one in that quagmire of a game. Love their defense. I cannot wait for this game. This is one of the more interesting games because you have Tua, Tyreek, and you know you have this Jalen Waddle. You have this great offense, but I wonder about the Dolphin defense. Yeah. And that's why I love the San Francisco 49ers here. I'll lay the four points. I'll take the home favorite. And I think their defense gets all over the Miami Dolphin offense. Yeah, it's sizzle versus steak. The other thing that scares me with the Dolphins, Teron Armstead's not going to play, or at least it doesn't look like it at time of taping here. Um, that Niner pass rush with four, seven to cover. Uh, I just don't know the Dolphins are ready for a game like this. I'm going to take the Niners. Hey, I don't think America's ready for this. Seattle minus seven and a half at what used to be the Rams. Yeah, the Rams stink. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. Big question as to whether uh, Sean McVay is going to be back next year, or does he go to the prime Thursday night football booth? I'd go to Malibu and take a vacation. Think I, about that. He want, may want to get his life in, in order, and who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna take the I'm going to take the the Seahawks in the seven and a half. No Aaron Donald, no Cup, I'll no Robinson, it. no Stafford. Just just give me Seattle. Yeah. Go K nine. Go uh, Raiders minus one against the Chargers. This is your spot. Come on. You think it's a Raider revival? You think the Raiders are coming back? Nope. Come on. I got my man Brandon Staley. I love it. Go for two in the game. Him and Doug Peterson last week, coaches of the week. And I'm telling you, Brandon Staley saved his season by going for two and winning and getting it because had they allowed uh, Arizona to come back on the field in overtime, who knows what would happen with this defense. I'll give you the most simplistic cap in history. Chargers don't stop the run. Raiders just uh, – Josh Jacobs may run for 500 yards. Uh, I'll yeah, take well, the Raiders. Justin Herbert's going to throw for 500 yards. I don't worry about it. I'll take I care mean, of it. have itself. you seen the Raider defense? Listen, mistakes were made. Uh, High-scoring game. Yeah. I guess we're both on that, right? We'll take the over. Yes. Uh, Cowboys laying 10 to the Colts. Uh, you know what? Again, it's a brutal numbers. Uh, Matt Ryan's still the quarterback. Man, the Cowboys are good, man. I, I – 
Kills me to say it, doesn't it? You think it's a blowout spot again? It just doesn't this feel a little bit like, okay. Mike McCarthy against Jeff Saturday. Yeah, but, but also. Did Jeff this- Saturday ever question his time management or clock management at the end of games at ESPN? <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't, I just feel like the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team that we don't want to acknowledge as a Super Bowl I team. I think they're really good. I they think are. They are. I'm, I'm going to lay the 10 and a half and take too. the Cowboys. I got to do it. God, it's unbelievable. I hate laying this many points. I but. know. But this is why we wear the power turtlenecks. We make the decisions that <laughs> others don't want to make. <laughs> I think I could see Michael Parsons all over Matt Ryan and forcing him into a couple interceptions. Bucks laying four and a half against Saints. I love the Saints here. You know, Saints, for whatever reason, match up well with the Bucks. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is going to be out. That's a huge loss for the Bucks. How about Todd uh, Todd Ball saying he needs his leaders to lead? Well, isn't he a leader? Yeah, good luck, He's Todd. He's the head coach. It's week he? 13, buddy. <laughs> a little late in the game for that. I think so, too. So I'm going to take the Saints here. I'll, lay the, I'll take the points. Yeah, and look, I know some of you will think it's insane, but the Saints are 4-1 against Tom Brady in Tampa and, and Boomer Seidlitt. No Tristan Wirfs. This team is – is look, they may win this division by default. Like, somebody has to go on they the may, field they trip. They may win this game, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I'll take the 4.5. I'm with you there. All right. The picks have been sizzling. I don't know if it's sustainable, but it's exciting. We got best of the best coming up with the game of the week uh, and a number of other things to cover, including some Mahomes side notes you're going to like. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny next. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, a lot left to do, including the game of the week. We got some great Mahomes stuff for you, so let's get to the best of the best. This week's best of the best of the best of the this best, week's of, best, best of, of the best. And it's actually really, this is this is some prime, prime action here. Chiefs laying two as they go on the road to Cincinnati. This is as good as it gets. For yeah, them. it is. You know, and Mike, think about this. It's Patrick Mahomes' 75th game as a starting quarterback of the Chiefs. 75 games. Where's the time gone? And, you know, we just have come accustomed each and every week to see greatness out of this young man. And uh, last week against the Rams, didn't really have to do much, but still had another great game. He is just so present in everything that they do, and he is one of the greatest leaders that I've ever seen at the position because he's one of the most talented players we've ever seen at the position, but he's also at least comes across as one of the best teammates, one of the most humble. And when you talk about leading teams – the only mark against him, I would say, maybe his wife and brother on TikTok. That would be the only mark against him. But other than that, uh, if he does not complete another pass, a touchdown pass, or throw for another yard until his 80th game, he'll have already thrown for more yards and touchdowns than anybody in the history of the league up until his 80th game. He doesn't need to complete another pass. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is. He's um, he's an amazing player. But you know what? Amazing players sometimes make mistakes and sometimes take too much on. And the interesting thing about this game, and I know it's a revenge spot for uh, the Chiefs because of what happened in the AFC Championship game,
But Justin Reed gave all the bullpen, uh, bullpen, bulletin fodder that you need for a team to really come in focused with a chip on their shoulder and give them a mental edge. And that's what he did for the Bengals. And Jamar Chase is going to be back. It looks like Joe Mixon is going to be back. And, you know, this is a game that the Bengals so desperately need. They cannot lose this game to the Chiefs. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting, too. You bring up Mahomes. Think about this. And I know, you know, a lot of people dismiss it. Well, he plays for a good team and he's got Andy Reid. But just think about this stat. With Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid in November and December is 34 and 4. Think about that. It's ridiculous. That's winning time in the NFL. And they haven't had what you would say is a top 10 defense. No. No. Because, again, you know what's funny? Like, you even go back a couple years ago. When Chris Jones got hurt, they were the worst defense in football. When Chris Jones came back for the playoffs, they were a top 10 defense. Like, we talk about Philly with Jordan Davis. Sometimes these one singular players are a linchpin to everything you do. Well, Jeffrey Simmons for the Tennessee Titans. Same type of player when you think about it. And, you know, Eddie uh, Scazzeri works on our show here. He works the board behind uh, the glass uh, with uh, Legendary Dolphins Yeah, legendary. And he remembers when we had Patrick Mahomes in here when he was a college kid and how I felt about him just after meeting and talking to him and shaking his hand. And he didn't come in here, Eddie, promoting anything, did he? He did not. He And he was one of the most I don't I confident young men I have ever met. And, and no I'll, entourage, just his mom's. Just his mom was in with him. And, you know, his dad played baseball for the Mets, so I knew his dad. His, sure. his dad was Pat Mahomes. And I mean, and, and and the fact is, is that like I just knew by meeting him that he was going to be great. Well, it, you know what's interesting? So, all right, we we can we can circle back to picking the game, but I I pulled this. This was an interesting note. He was talking this week about this game, and somehow it came up about how he got drafted. Right. So I, I want to read this to you. So it was the first day I met Coach Reed was at the facility. Mahomes said he was going through plays. And I'm going to give you the inside scoop. This is Mahomes saying, Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator, what ended up coaching the Bears, he liked me. So he gave me the plays they were going to go over the night before. <laughs> so Coach Reed's finding out here on this pod. It was the New Heights podcast, which I believe is the Kelsey brothers. Mahomes said that after Nagy told him which plays Reed would want to review with him, Mahomes spent the whole night cramming, goes in, and crushes it. He goes, I crushed the meeting. I stayed up all night. Mahomes said he got along well with Reed, and Nagy wanted him badly. He informed him they were going to need to trade up to get him after other teams started to kind of get the momentum and want to go up there. So here's the interesting part. A, stuff like that does happen in this league. Yes, it does. But B, I wanted to see if you had a draft story to offer. Oh. Come on, I know it's... Mine was bad. Mine was bad. I thought I was going to be a top 10 player. It was me and Steve Young were the top two quarterbacks coming out in the 1984 draft. The Bengals had the first overall pick in the draft. They had a deal with Steve Young, supposedly, and then Steve bolted to the USFL. So I figured, naturally, I'm going to be the next guy. And I was the next guy for the Bengals, but I was their fourth overall pick in the 1984 draft, number 38 overall in the draft itself. The Bengals had three first-round picks because they traded that first-round pick to the New England Patriots who took Irving Fryer. So I was the first quarterback in 1984 taken, but I had to sit and wait, and I and I had to wait an extra four hours. I thought I was going to be a top-10 pick, and I didn't. I lasted until number 38. So I wasn't nearly as lucky as uh, Patrick was. But I will also tell you this. Here in New York, 
uh, Ben McAdoo loved Patrick Mahomes and wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't know. I don't remember where they were in the draft. I think they were behind the Chiefs. Uh, but I think you try to trade up and get him. And I also give Matt Nagy a lot of credit, you know, because Bears fans think that Matt Nagy forgot who he was, uh, you know, as, as a coach or whatever. Yeah. But he recognized greatness. I recognized it just sitting in a, in a studio with, uh, with Patrick. And so did Ben McAdoo. And, you know, there's very few players that can really you, – you really walk away with and you say to yourself, that guy is a winner. And I have to say is that the one player in all the years that I've done this and spoken to pre-draft players and even players that are playing in a league now, I've never met a guy that was that confident in who he was as a human being, and I could just feel it talking to him. Well, first of all, I want to tell you that was very hurtful what you just did because you've brought up memories as a Giants fan of in a, what, three-year span, we passed on Josh Allen, and then apparently Ben McAdoo wanted Pat Mahomes. And yeah, and true. phenomenal. I'm still looking at Daniel Jones' blank stare. You know, awesome. Now, now on the other side, I will say this: I also knew the Bengals were going to draft Joe Burrow. You know, he came in with the Heisman Trophy after he had that great senior season at LSU, and uh, I I handed him a Bengal helmet on the NFL today, and I said, "Welcome to our dysfunctional family," <laughs> because you're going to be the next quarterback in a long line of quarterbacks that have come through this uh, this franchise. You know, Carson Palmer. I did the same thing with him on the NFL today. So we had Achilles Smith, David Klingler, myself, Kenny Anderson. Uh, you have Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton. What about the venerable Jeff Blake? And we had Jeff Blake. That's right. That was right around my time as well. And then, of course, now you got Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow is another can't-miss player who has the same kind of personality He's transformative. That, that Pat has. And the great thing about Pat, Pat was a great baseball player. Joe Burrow was a great basketball player, an all-state point yep. guard in the state of Ohio, so that told me all I needed to know about him and understanding how to lead a team and how to get the ball to people. So, I mean, two great quarterbacks, two like top two or three quarterbacks in the league, and it should be an absolutely f- just fascinating game on Sunday. Well, the other funny part, too, is uh, you've heard the mixtape story with Mahomes, right? Yes. You know, yes. we're basically like Andy Reid, once convinced, had a mixtape made, and he brought it in to the owner, uh, Clark Hunt, and he goes – you need to let me do what I need to do to get this guy. And he pops in the tape. And again, for if you go back and watch him at Texas Tech, it's some of the most insane things you'll ever see. Now, they weren't a good team. They're about a 500 team his whole career there. Weird. Kingsbury couldn't win in November. Here's my surprise face. But you, you watched him there, and you go, what the hell is this guy? I mean, back foot, 55 yards down the yeah. field. It's the same stuff. Except it translated. It worked. So yeah, it's but, but I'm still telling you, it goes back to who the person is, who the athlete is. Yeah. And I saw all those same tapes. And yeah, they were amazing. But meeting the young man was even more amazing more than the tapes. And that's and that's the reason why I knew he was going to be an, uh, an exceptional player uh, right from the beginning. So is he going to figure out your boy Lou Anaromo's defense in the second half? Talk to me about the game. Yeah, I think this is like, you know, Justin Reed did did give Bolton board fodder, and I I hate that when players do that because the last thing you want to do is raise the level of everybody's intensity for the game. It's already intense as it is, and these are mind games that coaches are always playing with players. This has been going on since football uh, began. So um, I love the way that Jamar Chase has responded to Justin Reed. I love the way that uh, Joe Burrow's responded to him. Uh, 
And the Bengal defense is the underrated aspect in this game. Nobody ever really talks about them. And look what they did to Derrick Henry last week. And that's Lou Anaruma sometimes playing with five down linemen. Now, he will not do that, and he will not blitz Patrick Mahomes. He will rush two and three at different times. Frustrate him. Yes, and they don't have Tyreek Hill in this game like they had in the AFC Championship game. And maybe that's where the loss of Tyreek Hill now starts to show itself in a game when the other team has an offense just as good as yours, if not better. I don't know if I've ever seen Mahomes more frustrated than the second half of that game. So you look at that and you go, okay. And I know this sounds crazy, Burrow versus Mahomes. This could actually be a defensive game. Like, I'm not saying some 13-10, but I'm saying it's also not going to be 35-32. So yeah, I, Lou Anarumo, to me, is a very confident, patient defensive coordinator. On the other side, Steve Spagnuolo is a little bit different. He's more blitz, aggressive. Blitz, blitz, And blitz. a lot of one-on-one down the field. Yeah. So I always knew going into a game, playing against a team that would like to blitz and would like to ramp it up on you, that now all of a sudden my athletes, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and uh, you know, and Jamar Chase are going to be one-on-one down the field. Yeah. I will take that. I'll take every hit in the world to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to throw the ball to them. What do you make of the Chiefs running back situation? Because that that is one I thought would be settled by now, and it's still like Price is right. They're just yeah. spinning the wheel. I, don't you feel like they're pushing Edwards Hilaire? Like they're not getting enough out of him? Yeah, I but, think he's a bust. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, Lamar, I'm Lamar, that Patrick Mahomes is actually becoming more of a runner. But in this game, there's not going to be a lot of man coverage being played. There's going to be a lot of underneath and deep guys on yeah. the field, and they're going to try to keep Patrick from running 15 to 20 yards down the field. To me, here's the one piece of advice that I have for the Bengals. If you take the lead in the fourth quarter, whatever you do, make sure you leave less than 10 seconds on the clock. (laughs) Yeah, less than 13 seconds, please. So you're taking the Bengals? I am going to take the Bengals, yes. I'm going to do it, too. I I just... They're at home. I think they're the more desperate team. I think it means more to them. I think the Chiefs still have a little bit of that, you know, the gravitas of a team that's won a Super Bowl. I I just, I like the edge of the Bengals here. I'm I'm going to take I think the focus of the Bengals for this game is exactly where it needs to be, especially they've won three games in a row. They scored 79 points before the game against the Titans. I could see them scoring 27 or more points here against the Chiefs. All right, let's get to Boomer's final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. You know, a couple things that I'm looking at, a couple players that really need to show me something this week. Number one, Daniel Jones of the Giants. Look, they have been shorthanded all year long. This is a legacy game for them. They're wearing their legacy uniforms against the Washington Commanders. They need to win this one. The other one is Tua Tungavailoa against the San Francisco defense. I want to see what that Miami defense looks like. And then, of course, Burrow versus Mahomes, Anarumo versus Spagnolo. I think it's uh, Zach Taylor versus Andy Reid. It's got all the makings of a potential AFC championship rematch uh, if somebody can go into Buffalo and beat Buffalo. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, that's – you know, <laughs> you bring it up, but I don't think it's meant more ever. I just can't see the Bills going into Arrowhead and getting it done. Again? Again. I just can't. I just don't think you're going to get the shot to do it. I well, think they must get home field back. And that's why the Bills will be watching this game intently, hoping that the Bengals come away with the victory. Yeah. Well, and the other one, I mean, look, it, it, it bums me out, but I'll tell you this. I think the Jets can go on a push. I think the Giants are going right in the toilet, and it sucks. But it's just they're out of bodies. Boomer, they're, they're out of bodies. There are There are a couple teams that are surging. The Bengals are surging. Yeah. The Commanders are surging. The 49ers are surging. I feel pretty good about all of those teams. 
and look forward to another great football Sunday. And we will hit you next week with another episode of Kickoff, Boomer and Valenti. Talk to you then. It's Kickoff with with Boomer and Valenti.